Welcome to the latest Bovenews series, World Dairy Expo Chats. I'm your host, Amy Ryan, and today I'm visiting with Ernie Kiefner of Kiefner, Holsteins and Jerseys, and South Mountain Jerseys, this year's Dairy Shrine Distinguished Dairy Cattle Breeder. Congratulations, Ernie, on this prestigious recognition, and thanks for being with us today. By definition, the Distinguished Dairy Cattle Breeder Award recognizes dairy breeders who have excelled in managing their dairy herd based on sound genetic and business principles. This is an area where you've had great success. Please take me through your background and your business and share some of your breeding and management philosophies. Well, my background started basically in Indiana where my father worked in a, for a herd of cows there, for a farmer. I think they're brown Swiss, actually, good herd of brown Swiss. And uh, then we moved to Wisconsin. He built a cell barn when I was 10 and uh, I helped him with that, of course. And by the time I was 16, he said, you might as well go out and learn how to buy cattle. So I did. Uh, there was a lot of good cattle dealers in the area at the time in northern Illinois. And uh, so I learned a lot. And then uh, I, bought, I purchased a sale barn from my father and sold it to Ron Ruscuff eventually. And then moved to North Carolina where I managed a farm for Arlen Butke for a year and it was just a little bit overwhelming. All the cows, he had 1,100 cows. And uh, we kept the good cows on one side of the road and, and the commercial cows on the other side of the road. And Arwen was an excellent farmer, very successful, uh, knew how to do business. And uh, I was sick of the Wisconsin weather, truthfully, so we moved down there. We lived in North Carolina for 12 years. Mm -hmm. But then there was not a lot of cattle action. There were a lot of things going on. We did some other business, convenience store, car business, other d different things. And then I thought I might as well get back in the cattle business. I moved to Maryland, mm -hmm. uh, be 25 and a half years ago. And then Terry and I started uh, basically our herd. Michael Heath convinced me to buy a jersey, which I don't know if I'm happy or not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I love the little brown things, but they can be a real pain in the rear end too. <laughs> but uh, so that's, and we start showing cattle and selling embryos and doing some partnership cattle and financially it was a little tight, but uh, we had a good market for embryos at the time, thank mm -hmm. God, and the, and the good cows we owned, very fortunate, flushed well, mm -hmm. and that made a big difference. And then, uh, so, and we're still on the farm. It's only 40 acre, eight acres, but it's in the city of Boonesboro, Maryland. It's a pretty little area. And we keep about 30 head of cattle. Uh, from there, we, and Terry and I do a lot of outside things, help out World Dairy Expo. She's very active in a lot of things, and I was very busy with, like, Mike Hillenbrand and I designed the, or the co-chairman of the design committee for the buildings. Mm -hmm. So we, uh, we did that, and that was nice. Worked out well. And then... Uh, Mike passed a couple of years ago, which was sad. Mm -hmm, very. Yeah. He was a huge contributor to the industry, just like yourself. Good man. Yes, very much. And so, th you know, things change. You've been in farming. You know, things keep rotating. Mm -hmm. The dollar gets stronger here. In foreign countries, then you can't sell the embryos as easy because of the dollar difference or the financial situation. So it's, you go up and down, it's a roller coaster. But we've done well, I can't complain. We've 
developed some good cows. We've bought a, some cows and developed them. We bred a lot of good cattle. Mm -hmm. So, and then obviously the tough part is selling them. Mm -hmm. You know that too. Right. So, but that's part of it. You have to. You know, you, you got to sell cattle. And so that's tough on Terry. But she survives. <laughs> Go buy another one. But uh, so that's what we're doing today. Mm -hmm. uh, we sold a lot of cattle to Mr. Hogan in Oregon. Okay. A couple of years ago, basically the whole herd. Mm -hmm. And then we bought a few more and started this. And mm -hmm. of course, we had some cattle that we didn't sell, uh, primarily Holsteins. Right. But uh, so that kind of leads us up to that and pretty much been involved in a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And how would you say, just talking about like breeding and developing these cows, like mm -hmm. what have been some of your philosophies in those particular areas? What do you, well, what mean, do you look for? What do you I breed was very for? lucky from one aspect, the breeding before it became, you know, more genomic related and more different things like that. I think uh, I was fortunate to go to Canada and my friend David Diamond, and we'd ride around, look at cattle and say, well, that's a nice young cow. And I was able to see bulls, seemed to, they use bulls quicker than they did in the mm -hmm. US, so, as you know. So we would see daughters before other people. And I'd say I like them, but I don't like their legs, or I don't like this, or I don't like that, and I do like this. And so I always thought mating cattle, was, I kind of liked it. It was mm -hmm. kind of easy for me. But I did have the option, and I did have the advantage of seeing so many cattle where other people, especially farmers that don't leave the farm much, you're depending on pictures, magazines, videos, people's words, right. AI, you know. So that's kind of how I did that. And that was mostly Holsteins at the time. Mm -hmm. The Jerseys breed a little truer, mm -hmm. so they're a little easier to deal with that way. But like I told my vet the other day, they get sick fast, they get better fast, or they die fast. Mm -hmm. Everything's fast. That's just the breed. Yep. But it's fun to breed them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, fun to breed them. We've had good success with them. Holsteins are a little slower, a little tougher to, to end up with exactly what you want. Mm -hmm. But... So from that standpoint, that's where we're at as of today. Okay. And you've talked about some of the success you've had on both sides and the philosophies. So how would you say that those philosophies and decisions over the years um, have produced many of the outstanding progeny that you've had? And a lot of them have gone on to be household names in both Holsteins and Jerseys, like you talked about. In your opinion, which of these animals have been some of the most influential cows or cow families you've worked with? and develop through the years? Well, I think it's, going back to the Holsteins, uh, I purchased Inspiration Tina in 1991 from Bobby Binger. Mm -hmm. Interest, there's an interesting story about her is that th these good cows, they breed on, the good families breed on, breed mm -hmm. on. We were in Mexico and Rodney Hitt says, let's go to the Credero show and I said, this is very nice where we're at, but being gluttons for punishment, we went to the show. And so it was really nice people. Everything's worked out well, but Kyle Natsky was helping somebody who was leading this pretty black heifer. She was champion. She was junior champion. I said, what's she? He said, uh, for, she's a fourth generation from Tina. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, wow, that's cool. 
Right. It's very neat to see your animals going like, to do well. And then, yeah, this gentleman came up here last year to me, and I didn't know who he was. And he said, I sold a good cow that you had something to do with to Jim Ostrom. And I said, oh, really? What cow was that? And he showed me she was the intermediate champion. And she goes back to Tina. Mm -hmm. So those things are very rewarding, mm -hmm. you know. So that's mm -hmm. good. And things like that, and you know, so Tina was important. Uh, Ashlyn, of course, mm -hmm. I don't know, three, four different people owned her, and she made so many embryos and so many daughters, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of good ones. Some average, but it, it depends on how the bulls crossed with her. She was a very different kind of cow. Mm -hmm. You know, Tina was a extreme dairy cow, and she could have showed actually today, whereas Ashlyn was a little different. She was a strength cow and milked well and had a good udder and all that, but she's more strength, and mm -hmm. so you had to really watch what you're doing with that breeding mm -hmm. because behind her was also strength, animal strength, sires. Like we had a lot more of that, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, more strength was strength one. Right. You know, then we... I've always liked style in dairy, and I guess that's why I kind of fell in love with the jerseys, because mm -hmm. that's what they are, or should be. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, of course, we had Gold Barbara, we had her, I think, eight or nine years. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then we had, well, your husband made her champion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. We lost her this year. That was tough. Mm -hmm. Those special ones are extremely hard to replace. You can't hardly replace them. Right, right. But <clears throat> she was a giver. Mm -hmm. She, it gets to a point with a cow that it's not always a ribbon right. or money. Right. As you know, they become part of the family. Yes, they do. <laughs> but uh, very much so. And then the jerseys, of course, Veronica always comes to the top. Mm -hmm. Because of, you know, she won here three times. Mm -hmm. She was supreme champion everywhere. She, and then, and we all love the cow. And she's got some great stories. Some of them I can't tell in public. But <laughs> Norman Abels helped me get her purchased. And it's from uh, Brian Sales. Mm -hmm. So that worked out well, obviously. Yeah. And on the way home, I bought her in Canada. David Diamond and I would go back and forth to Brian Sells. I said, I love that little cow, but she's so little. Mm -hmm. And I think the third time we went there, David said, Jesus, you're going to buy this cow? I said, I think she's growing. He said, no, she hasn't grown. Just buy the damn cow. So eventually we got the cow bought. Brian's sons didn't really want to sell her, but we made a good deal. And mm -hmm. they got paid well. And on the way home, a friend of mine, Richard Caverly, was working for Arethusa at the time, right when they started. And uh, I said, Richard, I'm bringing a cow back from Canada. Can I drop her off until we got time to come and get her? So he said, sure. So he, one of the owners saw her, and he said, uh, what's this cow doing here? And he explained it, because mm -hmm. I hadn't met the owners yet at that time. Mm -hmm. and, they, and Richard loved the cow, and he said, what do you want for her? And I said, I'll take a $10,000 profit. And he said, well, the owners looked at her, and they really want to stay color coordinated with the buildings, which are white and black. So he said, we can't have anything brown here right now. <laughs> so I said, okay. Took her home, cabbed her out, the rest, mm -hmm. a lot of history after right. that, winning and 
becoming, <clears throat> I don't know if she's the greatest brood cow of all time, but she's one of them. Right, she's right up there. And also she's uh, just makes tremendous daughters and she's, she was champion here, her daughter was champion here, same at the Royal. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'd say she's, she's special. I think she kind of changed the breed. That but, sounds a little arrogant, but I'm just being honest about mm -hmm. it. She's but daughters and sons. Yeah, I mean she had a lot of influence through her sons. She's had a lot of sons, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and it's uh, and I've bred. We bred some good bulls, but mm -hmm. we didn't really do it for the bulls. But right. sometimes you get lucky. Right. And the breeding breeding great cattle is not easy, obviously, but there's a lot of luck involved. Also, mm -hmm. you know, you can do everything perfect. Whereas if you go buy a good young cow. And developer, you you have the cow to start with, mm -hmm. but still you got to take care of them. Hoof trimming becomes very important. Right. Getting them bred back. Right. Uh, then you got to pay for it somewhere or another. So you try to IVF her or you flush her. Right. And, you know, so there's a lot of aspects mm -hmm. to the to that situation. But so she she was pretty special. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So from that standpoint, again, being fortunate that the cows we purchased some with knowledge, some without about their history. Mm -hmm. as, as far as reproduction, we got very fortunate. They all made a lot of embryos. Right. And uh, they made a lot of offspring, so yeah. that was good. That all helps as well. Part of the luck process, right? That's part of the <laughs> luck process, yeah. You can have all the skill in the world, but you still need a little luck. Yep, yep. Yeah. So you touched a little bit on some of this already, but along with developing these wonderful cow families, you have been active in many industry organizations. What are some of those organizations and your roles in them? Well, I think uh, some are a little more official than others, but like at Arethusa, we, <clears throat> we had a lot of summer interns and a lot of kids that would work. Yep. They, that become very important to us that they did well. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of them have gone out and done well. Some became vets farm managers. Shannon Dwyer worked for us. She's farming with her family in West Bend or Nabob area. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so it's very rewarding for that, for Terry and I to uh, work with the kids and see them do well. Mm -hmm. That's one aspect. And another one I think is we made a commitment to World Dairy Expo to try to improve it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's no use BSing about it. At one time, it was not the best relationship between the management and the exhibitors. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, like Mike Hillenbrand, Tom Morris, you know, we put a lot of effort into trying to tighten that up. Right. Which I think we did. Yes. You've done a wonderful job in that aspect of things. So it's never going to be perfect, but mm -hmm. it's, it's good. Right. I think there's more respect. And people have to give on both sides. Right. But when you see this, you know what's happened. You know? Right. So a lot of work and yeah. blood, sweat, and tears went into developing this. So we've done that, and Terry's very active locally. She's chairman of the economic development, so she does a lot of more volunteers. Mm -hmm. I said, "Can you get something that pays a little better?" <laughs> but I think uh, you know, being involved with Expo has been very important. Mm -hmm. In other shows, I mean, we mm -hmm. when we were at when we lived part-time in Connecticut, part-time Maryland, going back and forth, we did a lot with the Big E. Mm -hmm. That was very nice people, successful event, and different shows. 
Yep. And uh, county shows, state shows, whatever. And so we we're quite involved in that, trying to help out. And Arethusa, they, I met the guys in 2001, and we had I'm very lucky that day too. We had champion in reserve at the Royal. Mm -hmm. And here comes two guys walking down the aisle, and I said to Terry, I said, maybe they own Arethusa. And they came up, introduced themselves. They said, how come your cows beat our cows today? And I said, well, to be very honest with you, they're better. Well, we want you to come on board with us. That's the first thing he said. I said, well, I'm tired. Let me think about it. I said, what you need to do is come to our farm and see how we, we do things. So one day in February after that, they, a big limousine pulled in, and I said to Terry, we, who the hell is this? <laughs> I said, I don't remember anything in my past. I owe money or did something wrong. And she said, uh, those are the Arethusa guys. They got out of the car, and they came in the house and took off their shoes, sat on the couch, and said, uh, let's talk. And so we talked. and. Then I just started up there like a couple of weekends a month to help support Richard Caverly and get things going. And initially, all they wanted was a couple cows to take milk into the city for their friends. Mm -hmm. Then eventually make some ice cream. Then all of a sudden they got the show bug, which was good for the industry, good for us, good yes. for everybody, basically. And then so we start buying some good cows for them. And again, fortunate. Uh, 2004, we had Supreme Champion and Reserve, and everybody's jumping up and down. I told Terry that night, I said, now what do we get ourselves into? Because <laughs> one of the owners would come in and after the, these big shows and say, what, where's our next Supreme Champion? And you'd say, oh my God, what did I do here? <laughs> but I think it, you know, it was very encouraging because I told them from the start that Cows come first, year second, I'm third. Mm -hmm. So for 10 years they did that. So, But at some point there's always a time to let it go. So we always wished them the best and they did well for a while and then George got brain cancer mm -hmm. and that was terrible. Right. So they sold everything the way it seems. They still have, I guess, the restaurant, mm -hmm. ice cream places and that. So, But the cows are gone. Yep. It's kind of sad. They spent the fortune on buildings. We designed them, and we, they let us do what we wanted, and it worked great. And I think it was a lot of people learned. Right. And there you talked about the way you gave back to the industry and worked with some people out there as well, and really sure. to develop them and help. And, and investors are important mm -hmm. to all of us. Right. You know, whether it's a farmer investor or whether it's an investor that's not affiliated with agriculture. Yep. And so, like I said, that worked out pretty well for a mm -hmm. lot of people for a lot of years. Right. And like uh, Norman Abholz said, he said very few people, investors, stay with it that long. Mm -hmm. So it was very fortunate from that standpoint they stayed with it. And okay. so, but then we decided after t about 2012, just, just time to come home. Mm -hmm. So being who we are, we, instead of quitting and doing something normal, we decided to keep going, so mm -hmm. we bought more cattle and kept kept going on. So that's where we're at today, yeah. 10, 11 years later. Mm -hmm. Terry loves it. She likes more of this. I like more of the cows. Mm -hmm. Just you know, being home with the cows. But 
I'm not big on awards. I'm basically uncomfortable, which a lot of people wouldn't believe, but it's true. Mm -hmm. So, but, but you're very deserving of all that you've done well, and all you. you've received. So, thank you very much. Um, with that being said, it kind of transitions well into the next question. You've had many accomplishments and awards, both in and out of the show ring over the years. Well, I know it's going to be hard to pick just one. Which of those would you say has been your biggest? Wow. Well, I think there's, for me, there's two ways to look at it. I think the, this award, it's big, mm -hmm. very big. And when Terry put all this effort into it and surprised me, of course, I was very upset. Not what she did, but right. just because I didn't want involvement. Not because I didn't want the award or something like that, but I just, mm -hmm. I didn't expect it. And so we, uh, once we won it, or I won it, kind of say we. It's usually a joint effort. Yeah. <laughs> you we should know that. that <laughs> a lot of joint efforts. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, when I won it, I thought that was nice, mm -hmm. but I didn't focus on it. But then I saw the list of people that, then it became very important. Mm -hmm. I think the, uh, you know, the original pioneers started out so. When you look back on that list 20, 30, 40 years ago, it's mm -hmm. then it hits home. Right. You know, as far as the other side of the coin, just I guess working with the cattle, mm -hmm. thinking that along the line you did things to improve the industry, right. help people. Mm -hmm. People helped me, I think, uh, in Expo and other places and things that you see getting better. Right. Everything we sold, we always wanted people to do well. To me, that's, if you don't feel that way, you're way off base. Mm -hmm. So I think that same things get better, Expo improving, better relationships. Again, fortunate enough to go to foreign countries, got a lot of connections to Canada, Italy, you know, going through there. We went to Italy for a vacation to go to a show and, uh, they had the, the all-European cow show. So we go in the barn. I'm in there 10 minutes, and I see this black gold one. And I said to Terry, I said, I got to buy that cow. She said, are you nuts? What the <laughs> hell are you going to do with her? She's here, and we're there. And I said, I just love the cow. So crazy enough, another guy and I did buy her, and uh, she did very well. Mm -hmm. We eventually sold her to somebody in uh, Spain. Mm -hmm. So... It was fun, crazy but fun. But that's how we are. We just, we love cows. Mm -hmm. A lot of neat stories. So on the flip side of that, what would you say have been some of your biggest challenges along the way? Oh, I think uh, there's probably three or four that kind of come to mind. I would say it's tough on family. Mm -hmm. If they're involved, it's a little easier. But I've seen a lot of family financial problems too because you get you know people that are my age want to do it one way and you get next generation etc cetera, etc cetera. and you got to have a tremendous work ethic right you do you know that and i think the dedication is important if you're not <clears throat> going to do it right then don't do it i think uh that's the hours are challenging and unless you're really fortunate and inherit money, which I haven't, 
uh, which is fine. I think the thing is, uh, financial times get difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think those are some of the challenges, tough on family. I think finding the time and the dedication to do everything you want to do correctly. Balance. Mm -hmm. Perfect word, balance. And then, uh, you know, it can be tough financially to get through it. And there aren't a lot of bankers out there saying, here's some money, mm -hmm. go buy some cows. Right, especially in today's day and age, unfortunately. Uh, it's very difficult. In the large farms, you know, like Milk Source has been very successful. The large farms, like a lot of other large farms, but it's very different. You know, and you hope they do well because they're important to the industry. Mm -hmm. and they, they seem to be, which I'm happy for. But I think it's still you got to have the outsiders buying your product. And so advertising becomes extremely important. And again, not to be sounding arrogant, but Terry's one of the best advertisers. Because we look at ads and we say, we can't see this print. There's 10,000 words and you can't read it. Exactly. And if you don't have your glasses on, you can't read it anyway. So advertising has been very important. Then, yeah. of course, it changes over to Facebook. Mm -hmm. And Facebook, for us, has been very important for advertising cattle, just like most people that have sales or running sales businesses. Uh, and at one time, we did have a sale business, so I understand that very important. My father would put ads in the Wisconsin Farmer mm -hmm. and on the radio stations, which no longer exist. And so we do a lot of advertising now on the media stuff, but I'm not on Facebook. I'm not a big Facebook personal person, but mm -hmm. I think as far as the business, it can do a lot of good. Right. And if you keep it business, and you, you know, I think it, and you keep it honest, mm -hmm. I think it's it's really good for the business. But and opportunities can be endless. Exactly. And it's it's going that direction. Right. So you either get on the wagon or you get the hell off. Mm -hmm. So I think. Uh, that, that's one aspect that she's really strong, mm -hmm. and that's been very helpful and very important. Right. You got to sell. Yep. We don't sell milk, and we don't, you know, we don't have a garden selling pumpkins, <laughs> so we're not interested in that. So it's all about the cows yep. and what they can do for us, what we do for them. Um, you touched a little bit on this as well, but. How have you overcome the challenges, and what advice do you offer to people looking to develop their dairy business and breeding programs? Well, like I said, it's so different today that people depend on what they see or what they hear for breeding, and you keep your fingers crossed. Uh, I still look at the cows and daughters' bulls, and I call people and talk to them. I don't care if they're in a foreign country or if they're U.S., Canada, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, it's. I try to do that. I think uh, that's very challenging, breeding good cows. And what's going to become, I see it already, is what's more challenging is taking good care of those cows. Mm -hmm. You know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you, there was a lot of people that would take care of cows for you for a certain amount of money per month, you know. And now if you look around, if you want somebody to take good care of a cow, you know, there's... Bud John does it in Wisconsin, of course, and does well with it. But, you know, when you start really looking, there aren't many people that do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's East Coast, Midwest, West Coast. And if you did do it, you can make a good business of it. But at the bottom line, it's extreme dedication it's all the time. And it's not only dealing with the cattle then, then you're dealing with people. 
and when you bring the people in, mm. then it really gets cynical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but I mean, thank God there's still the Peter Vales and other people out there that buy cattle and want to enjoy it and appreciate it. And so it's, it's always good for that. As far as the challenges, I think, again, financial can be challenging. You want to make sure you're set up right. Mm -hmm. There's no use fantasizing. It's not going to, nothing's coming to you. Uh, you, you got to take good care of the cattle. You got to do the best you can to breeding them. And when an opportunity comes for to buy a good young cow, then you got to exercise that. But then you have to, it takes a long time to develop her. Yeah. You know, for most cattle I buy need hoof trimming. They need, I don't know, warming. They need vaccines. You know, they, they need everything. Mm -hmm. So you bring them home and get all this done, and you clip them and break them to lead, and that's the start. Mm -hmm. You know, and then after that, then you start working with the animals and see what you can do with them. And IVF has been good and bad. I think it's kind of, you know, it's brought a lot of cattle into the world with great pedigrees, but I think it also changes demand. So, interesting enough, I was looking at a milk in Yearling Jersey yesterday from Utah, a real pretty young cow. And uh, the River Valley guys were looking at her, and Jim Ostrom was looking at her, and other people were looking at her, but... You know, and she's a cow, beautiful young cow, but, you know, they know what they have, and she's expensive, mm -hmm. and you got to have a plan, mm -hmm. you know. And I just ran into Norman out in the barn, and he said, what do you think of the cow? I said, oh, I love the cow. She, she might win, but I said, I can't afford her. Because <laughs> I said, I still have to make money mm -hmm. with her. And uh, so that's kind of thrilling, though. Mm -hmm. That's the, I guess, keeps you going is right. the thrill of, like Terry says, what in the hell are you going to go look at a milk in New Jersey, milk in Yearling Jersey? We already got one. I said, well, you never know. I said, it's always fun to go look. You know, sometimes you can look and not touch, but it happens. But mm -hmm. it's still a part of the throat of the industry. Mm -hmm. And no matter how much the IVF gets done, no matter her conventional flushing, it's still really difficult to breed a great cow. That's tough. Mm -hmm. And when you do, you got to have a, a lot of fortune. The calf's got to be born. The calf's got to stay healthy. Then the heifer, etc., etc., etc. And so, I mean, it, it's challenging. How to deal with the challenges is have a plan. Stick with the plan. Uh, don't vary off the plan. And probably patience. Tolerance, yeah. patience. Yeah, my favorite two words. Yeah. Ask Terry. But I think, uh, yeah, a lot of patience. But, uh, you know, patience, plan, the two Ps. And you have to have some financial backing. You have to have support. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where the family, if you're in good shape financially or you have the ability to have, if you have good credit, you can borrow. That's fine, but you still got to have a plan to pay it back. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's challenging. But I think uh, overall, if you're dedicated and you really want to do it, there's a way. Mm -hmm. As with any story, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who have played a major role in your success. Who are some of those people who have helped you along this journey? Wow. <clears throat> Probably, you know, if I look at the last 25 years, it would be Terry for sure. Let's see. Norman Abholz has played a role. We've had a roller coaster friendship, but we really care about each other. You know Norman. So, but he's been very influential. I think uh, 
there's been, my father gave me a lot of freedom, too much. <laughs> but when he said, here's the checkbook, go out and buy cattle so we can resell them, it was, it was a hell of a learning experience. Mm -hmm. So I go way back and then running a cell business, running a cell barn, you learn a lot. And uh, I think my father's played a role, Norman played a role, uh, Terry's a very important role. And my family, even though they're not involved, they're <clears throat> supportive. Mm -hmm. In other ways. Yeah, very important ways. You know, you're not milking cows, but you got to get support from right. Chad to do what you want. Right. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. Then you, you go on with life. You, you, you might always have some cattle, but the point is you decided not to milk cows. You decided yep. to do other things. And I think that making that decision at your age is smart because it can, I see a lot of people, when I was really young, I would go with my father to look at cattle, like eight, ten years old, and I would we'd see farmers in Wisconsin, and I would sit there and listen to them talking, and some of these guys would say, well, we're going to go see my granddaughter get married, and we haven't taken a milking off in nine mm -hmm. years. And I thought, is he smart or is he stupid? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's the dedication right. that we basically grew up with. And then the freedom to kind of do what I wanted, not financially, because things were very tight financially for us at that time, for sure. Building a cell barn in a new state, trying to gain trust. But uh, I think if, you know, if your kids are interested or anybody's interested, you got to give them some freedom. Got to see what they can do. Mm -hmm. And so from that standpoint, you know, those are some people. And, you know, the guys at Earth, was, uh, we had a very tight bond. They, they played a big role in the, probably in the middle of my life. And uh, that was good because you don't expect that. And so th that was very positive, like I said earlier, for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, the cattle dealers when I was a kid, uh, there are a lot of good cattle dealers that taught me a lot. I, I said that earlier, but I think that's stressful. I want to stress that because you know, they taught, they taught you a lot. The, uh, and I'm a, I'm a firm believer in John Wooden's philosophy, how he, how he did things, not just because he won all the championships, but on our wall in Arethusa, I had, uh, one of his sayings was, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And I told every kid that came in there, I said, this is important. And I said, you're not going to be here forever, so when you go on with your life, mm -hmm. keep that, keep that in your heart and in your mind, you know. And uh, so it's, I've lived a lot of life, did a lot of different things. I've, and I'm very happy for that. I was very blessed with it. You know, there's always a few things you'd want to change, but overall, I think it's been good. Uh, but it's also been challenging, mm -hmm. I think. The consumers and people that buy food or, you know, in the grocery stores or buy this or buy that, I think they will never understand how many hours. I also told the people at Arethusa, the kids or the interns or the other employees, and even Terry, I said, there's 8,700 hours in a year. And I said, you're going to be in that ring probably 45 minutes. And you definitely want to be prepared. Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't guarantee you a damn thing, but it does guarantee you that you did your best. Right. And I think that's the most important thing. Because when you get out there with 50 other animals in a ring, they're all good, you know, you're not, it's no longer a county fair, it's competitive. Mm -hmm. And you have people that obviously are in a better position financially that buy cattle and you're happy they do it, but it's hard to beat them too because they, they have that option or that alternative. But like I say, I'm very supportive of that 100%. Uh, so that, that's been a positive thing. And I learned a lot through buying cattle. I mean, even David Rama, when he was managing Dream Street, I would go there. Dream Street had investors, and if they would, David said, I need some money, I would buy cattle from them. And then uh, so take them back to my cell barn in Wisconsin, resell them, or keep some. Mm -hmm. And then I had a farm at West Bend, Wisconsin. I rented from the Horlemesses. We kept a herd of cows there, and we had 40 excellents. And then sold them out in 82 and had a tremendous sale. Sold a lot of cattle to California. And some of those cattle, when I talked to some of the California people, some of those cattle still are in their herds. Not mm -hmm. the originals, obviously, but the generations, right. five, six, Beyond seven that. years, mm -hmm. five, six, seven generations later. So that's all good. That's all rewarding. And uh, so we've done a lot of different things, a lot of different things, and most of them are related to agriculture. And so it's very challenging out there for young people, but I think there is a way to do it if you want. But don't think you're going to get up at 8 or 9 in the morning. That doesn't work. But <clears throat> I think in uh, getting back to the why I'm here with you is because of the award, basically, mm -hmm. but I think uh, it's very humbling. And that's actually my last question for you, is what does this award in particular mean? I guess it means that, uh, you know, I had the ability to do it. I had the, the dedicated part was always there, maybe too extreme sometimes. Uh, the people, like I mentioned earlier, the pioneers you're on this list with. And, you know, there's a lot of outstanding farmers. You know, we've been, Maryland's had, last four years, we've had Palmyra with the mm -hmm. Ayrshires and yep. Patrick's with the Ayrshires. And, and you know, I'm, I'm not a farmer. I'm not, I don't mind being called a farmer, but I really have not done that. I've done selling and buying, and I like that. I like the freedom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, cattle sales, we've run a lot of sales over the years, some with tremendous success. Uh, and so that was very fortunate. Gets your name out there and can be fun, some of it. And uh, we sold, uh, you know, we sold Apple. I owned a third of Apple and we sold Apple with, in our sale. She bought a million dollars and a lot of people probably don't think she got paid for, but she got paid for and those people went on and made a profit with the cow. And David Diamond and I bought a cow in Iowa. I was had bronchitis, so I couldn't go look at the cow. This man had called me about her in chastity. And so David said, I said, will you do me a favor and go look at a cow? And so he looked at her and he called me that night. <clears throat> I could hardly talk. And he says, you'll like this cow. She's going to make some money. He said, I'm going to buy her if you don't. And I said, I got a better idea. Let's buy her together. So we, 
we put her on a sale and she bought over a million dollars and she got paid for. And those people made a lot of money off that cow. In fact, she was, you know, it was quite an interesting story. We sold the cow with all the offspring and there was a little bull in this hutch. He's like a couple days old. And I, David said, what are we gonna do with him? I said, I'll just put him in the package deal. The people bought everything so they can all go. It turned out to be gold ship. <laughs> So David, Terry says, Jesus, why did you do that? I said, well, obviously, we didn't know it was going to be gold ship. But the truth is, that's how I think, though. I like to see people do well. So I was very happy to see them have a gold ship and, and make money on the cow. But we made money, and they made money. So obviously, it's a double victory. So those things are rewarding also. And it's to keep it legitimate, keep it clean. Mm -hmm pay your bills, uh, be honest with people. And I think those, those aspects, those characteristics are extremely important in this business. We're a tight business. Right. We're very small. And you can't have a lot of problems within that business. You gotta get along. Right. You know, whether you like somebody, you don't have to hug them, but you can respect them. And that's how I look at things, you know. That respect is so important. So. The getting back to just the award thing itself, it means a great deal, and it uh, it kind of, I guess it would say, it kind of cements what you did. Mm -hmm. You know, it puts the concrete foundation there, and I think uh, I'm very thankful to the people that did the voting, because like I said, most people that win this award are actual have dairy farms and family farms and. I've been in business a long time, and but when Terry looked all the statistics up, I was very surprised, you know, how many cows we did breed. Mm -hmm. And she said the other day, she said, you know, you bred 32, 95, and 96-point cows. 33, she said, there was a bull in there. <laughs> I said, that's good to know. I bred a 95-point bull, that's good. But so those things, even though you might, you feel very fortunate, very exalted about it, and you you love the accolades on one side, but you're very humbled on the other side, and that's I think that's very important too. And you, you really need to appreciate it, mm -hmm. which I do. And uh, but it it takes a lot to sink in. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's still sunk in in the banquets tomorrow night. So it may not sink in till you're all at home and you've had some time to really reflect on it. And Things slow down yeah, a little bit? Yeah. Well, my oldest grandson and my oldest son and my oldest granddaughter, I only have one, mm -hmm. is, they're all coming here. Actually, my granddaughter oh. and my oldest son's coming to, she's interested in genetics. Okay. So she's going to the University of Wisconsin to tour around, mm -hmm. not in the cattle part of it, but mm -hmm. in the genetic genetics. research part. And so they're going to be here by coincidence, so that's good. And I have a grandson that. He's pretty special. He'll be here. Even Norman's going to come. He said, he said, tell the bearded one, you're the only one that this is ever going to happen for. You know Norman. And I said, okay, Norman, thank you. <laughs> so, you know, you get, there's a lot of interesting characters mm -hmm. that go through your life. And I think uh, this business has more of those than any business. When I go back and think about it, all the way back to people I dealt with, people you bought to, sold to, bought from, 
uh, and still some of those people are living that you can still talk to, thank God. Mm-hmm. And so it, uh, it's, it's all good from that standpoint, and I feel uh, very fortunate. I think it's a very unique industry to be a part of, and your story really represents many different aspects of it, but also that you get out what you put in. So I think that's an excellent statement. You do get out of it what you put in. Most life, most of life is mm-hmm. that way. If you study hard to be a doctor and you're a good doctor, that's because you studied hard, mm-hmm. and you actually have a natural, you know, brain ability. But I think uh, in this business, it's different because there are so many different types of characters or mm-hmm. so many different type of people. Uh, but it's interesting as much as you, you know, it can be very cutthroat on show day, but by when the party starts, everybody's hugging each mm-hmm. other. So. But I think uh, that that is a very unique business and you do get out what you put in. That, that's a good way to state it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've enjoyed it. You know, like I said, it is a roller coaster. So when that cart gets to the bottom, you better be ready. But, you know, so it's, from that standpoint, we've adjusted ourselves to dealing with the highs and the lows and kind of try to do, stay kind of centered, balanced, as you said earlier. It's worked out well. So we'll see what happens from here. Well, congratulations again. Well, thank very, you. very deserving. And enjoy the celebration tomorrow evening. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe that I guess it's not hard to believe, but it's for me it's difficult to believe that, you know, how many people have take this, you know, so seriously mm-hmm. what kind of a, an award it is. So that you keep thinking, so this kind of, what, what is this, you know? <laughs> so I mean Hundreds of people congratulate you, send you things, you know, it's, you can't even answer them all. And mm-hmm. I like to be courteous. Mm-hmm. When somebody says congratulations, you, you got to answer them. Or I try to, but people have been very nice. And so that probably is important. Mm-hmm. And I think genuine. Yes, I would agree with that. 100%. Yeah, that's, that's an important word. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's a very good feeling. Mm-hmm. the genuine part so well congratulations again thank you and thank you very much for taking time out of your day to visit with me appreciate it and this wraps up our Bova News World Dairy Expo Chats podcast for today if you like what you heard be sure to subscribe to Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription platform or find us on Facebook Instagram or Twitter and be sure to check out our website www.bovanews.com for more information and alerts on upcoming podcasts. This has been your host, Amy Ryan, and from everyone at Bova News, have a great day.